Chapter Seven of Life and Death of Harriet Freen by May Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Seven. Eighteen seventy nine. It was the year her father lost his money. Harriet was nearly thirty five. She remembered the day late in November when they heard him coming home from the office early. Her mother raised her head and said, That's your father, Harriet he must be ill she always thought of seventy nine as one continuous november her father and mother were alone in the study for a long time she remembered annie going in with the lamp and coming out and whispering that they wanted her she found them sitting in the lamplight alone close together holding each other's hands their faces had a strange exalted look harriet my dear i've lost every shilling i possessed and here's your mother saying she doesn't mind he began to explain in his quiet voice when all the creditors are paid in full there'll be nothing but your mother's two hundred a year and the insurance money when i'm gone oh papa how terrible yes hattie i mean the insurance it's gambling with your life my dear if that was all i'd gambled with it seemed that half his capital had gone in what he called the higher mathematics of the game the creditors would get the rest we shall be no worse off her mother said than we were when we began we were very happy then we how about harriet harriet isn't going to mind you're not going to mind we shall have to sell this house and live in a smaller one and i can't take my business up again my dear i'm glad and thankful you've done with that dreadful dangerous game i'd no business to play it but after holding myself in all those years there was a sort of fascination one of the creditors mr hitchens gave him work in his office he was now mr hitchens's clerk he went to mr hitchens as he had gone to his own great business upright and alert handsome in his dark grey overcoat with the black velvet collar faintly amused at himself you would never have known that anything had happened strange that at the same time mr hancock should have lost money a great deal of money more money than papa he seemed determined that everybody should know it you couldn't pass him in the road without knowing he met you with his swollen red face hanging ashamed and miserable and angry as if it had been your fault one day harriet came in to her father and mother with the news did you know that mr hancock sold his horses and he's going to give up the house her mother signed to her to be silent frowning and shaking her head and glancing at her father he got up suddenly and left the room he's worrying himself to death about mr hancock she said i didn't know he cared for him like that mamma oh well he's known him thirty years and it's a very dreadful thing he should have to give up his house it's not worse for him than it is for papa it's ever so much worse he isn't like your father he can't be happy without his big house and his carriages and horses he'll feel so small and unimportant well then it serves him right don't say that it is what he cares for and he's lost it he's no business to behave as if it was papa's fault said harriet she had no patience with the odious little man she thought of her father's face her father's body straight and calm and his soul so far above that mean trouble of mr hancock's that vulgar shame yet inside him he fretted and suddenly he began to sink he turned faint after the least exertion and had to leave off going to mr hitchens and by the spring of eighteen eighty he was upstairs in his room too ill to be moved that was just after mr hitchens had bought the house and wanted to come into it he lay patient in the big white bed 
smiling his faint amused smile when he thought of mr hitchens it was awful to harriet that her father should be ill lying there at their mercy she couldn't get over her sense of his parenthood his authority when he was obstinate and insisted on exerting himself she gave in she was a bad nurse because she couldn't set herself against his will and when she had him under her hands to strip and wash him she felt that she was doing something outrageous and impious she set about it with a flaming face and fumbling hands your mother does it better he said gently but she could not get her mother's feeling of him as a helpless dependent thing mr hitchens called every week to inquire poor man he wants to know when he can have his house why will he always come on my good days he isn't giving himself a chance he still had good days days when he could be helped out of bed to sit in his chair this sort of game may go on forever he said he began to worry seriously about keeping mr hitchens out of his house it isn't decent of me it isn't decent harriet was ill with the strain of it she had to go away for a fortnight with lizzie pierce and sarah barmby stayed with her mother mrs barmby had died the year before when harriet got back her father was making plans for his removal why have you all made up your minds that it'll kill me to remove me it won't the men can take everything out but me and my bed and that chair and when they've got all the things into the other house they can come back for the chair and me and i can sit in the chair while they're bringing the bed it's quite simple it only wants a little system then while they wondered whether they might risk it he got worse he lay propped up rigid his arms stretched out by his side afraid to lift a hand because of the violent movements of his heart his face had a patient expectant look as if he waited for them to do something they couldn't do anything there would be no more rallies he might die any day now the doctor said he may die any minute i certainly don't expect him to live through the night harriet followed her mother back into the room he was sitting up in his attitude of rigid expectancy no movement but the quivering of his nightshirt above his heart the doctor's been gone a long time hasn't he he said harriet was silent she didn't understand her mother was looking at her with a serene comprehension and compassion poor hattie he said she can't tell a lie to save my life oh papa he smiled as if he was thinking of something that amused him you should consider other people my dear not just your own selfish feelings you ought to write and tell mr hitchens her mother gave a short sobbing laugh oh you darling she said he lay still then suddenly he began pressing hard on the mattress with both hands bracing himself up in the bed her mother leaned closer towards him he threw himself over slantways and with his head bent as if it was broken dropped into her arms harriet wondered why he was making that queer grating and coughing noise three times her mother called softly to her harriet she began to tremble End of chapter seven recording by expatria in bangor maine